Hello and welcome to another installment of the Untold Tales of Strangers. In this episode we had an amazing Herbie toad in the hole while having a great chat with my housemate Steve Walls. We talked about his own music and his journey creating it. To start and end this podcast I'm adding two tracks from Steve's latest album. Enjoy. Hello once again, it's my second podcast and today I have with me my housemate. It's quite interesting because we recently moved in together, well not that recently, that was pre-lockdown, so pre-COVID and if you want people to bond to a certain extent I think that's the best way to do it, put them into, it's kind of like Big Brother in some way, um, although we don't have cameras around the house, but enough of that. (laughs) Welcome to the second show. I hope you enjoyed the previous one. Hello, Steve, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jimmy. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and uh, thank you for for attending. So before we go any further, tell us a bit more about yourself. What do you like? Who are you? Where are you from? Yeah, just expand on that, maybe. Oh, cheers. Yeah, um, so I'm Steve. I am from, well, I'm from Nottingham originally, so from the East Midlands, and have been living in London for the last eight years. Kind of work, so I work for a charity in London, started there in 2012 and kind of been living in London and then um yeah earlier this year decided to move to St Albans you know which is which has been great apart from the lockdown <laughs> which was wasn't quite expected I have to say um when I moved in but um but it's been great so far in the sense of obviously living with you it's been it's been awesome actually and it's been such a kind of cool experience to to be in a place like this actually oh, um, the compliment, you the compliment know. well without cooking I have to say <laughs> that, that you know spot on but yeah, but in terms of myself, so um, kind of into a, into a number of things, I guess, like arts, I guess mainly. So, um, you know, music kind of particularly something that I, I listen to a lot and I play <laughs> a bit, but also kind of books, other art generally, um, sports. So kind of into football, cricket, golf. And then I guess kind of more like, uh, yeah, keeping, keeping fit, like running uh, and other things like that, really. And yeah, going to the pub. <laughs> they're back open again kind of so yeah kind of like a broad range of things really you know and try to uh i don't know just kind of you know read more about things as well you know kind of keep keep my mind open to things yeah i think you mentioned the pub just now um since i've moved here i didn't really always i think i just mentioned that the meal as well pub culture isn't that big in south africa mm. but i can see the appeal of it all now all of a sudden because i can't wait to go back as well <laughs> exactly, yeah so i haven't been in a pub I know you have, so so mm. yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's great, um, and that's that's why we we have you here basically to talk about more about your music. I think maybe let's go over to the recipe, mm-hmm. which which as you know is part of the the whole thing. Is I ask you what would you like? So mm. tell me what what did I have to make for you? Tell the audience what I had to make for you. Yeah, so I I asked Jimmy to make a uh, asked me you to make a toad in the hole, which is something that. That basically, um, when, I, when I was thinking about what to to kind of pick, it was the first thing that came to mind. Um, and it's something that my mum made quite a number of times when I was younger. And I just always, I always liked it. I always liked the way she made it. Um, you know, I think it's that element of, you know, it's kind of comfort food. And it's obviously something that is kind of tasty, but also has that comfort element. But I think also just the way that she made it. So she would, she would fill like the batter full of herbs, which was... Um, which I think is kind of instilled in me forever, like a kind of a love of, of herbs generally and mi- mixed herbs. I think, I don't know, it's just one of those foods where, it, yeah, it was the first thing that came to mind and it's something that is kind of, I've always liked and I don't necessarily have it all the time, but, but when I do have it, I really enjoy it. And I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, 
that uh, Jimmy's toe in the hole tonight was absolutely spot on. Oh, it was great. so good. He nailed it. I don't have to fish for compliments. That's great. <laughs> I think what we also have to say is no toads were hurt in the making of this toad in the hole. Um, let's very quickly talk what it, talk about what it is. Um, I think that's important because it, for a British audience, it's quite... I mean, everyone knows what toad in the hole is, but I don't think everyone necessarily... I mean, especially in South Africa, as I said to you, it's not that big. What is Toad and Hole, baby? Let's let's start there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a relatively simple dish, is that probably mm. you could say. So essentially, it's kind of sausages in 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 like a, in batter, essentially, um, and kind of encased in it. So so I, I from what I understand, that the origin of it and of the name is almost because it's it's kind of sausages encased in 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 a batter. It almost looks a bit like toads within their kind of burrows, whatever they are. And yeah. it's that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, but but then obviously, you know, the batter can have herbs and other things. I know your recipe had beer in it as well. Yeah, beer. Um, which my mum did not put in. As yeah. far as that's why we sound so happy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Throwing in a few beers into the batter. But yeah, and then and then it's kind of served with kind of, yeah, like broccoli we had tonight. Um, had Yorkshire puddings as well, gravy, um, brown sauce. Good old brown sauce, which seems to go with everything. And uh, so, you know, it's it's a quite hearty meal. You know, I wouldn't say it's in any way like healthy, but it's it's like good kind of comfort food. Um, and I think I think I was reading that, that the history of it, it was kind of like back in, I don't know, the 18th or 17th century. It was it was kind of like to do with like leftover meat and what they could do with it and how they could then combine that with with batter. And yeah. And it became what it became. But it's it's a really good, like hearty slightly kind of wintry autumnal dish and, uh, and yeah and actually on a day like today that we we're recording it kind of really um... yeah it is quite rainy and <laughs> normal english weather yeah um, it fits with, you know yeah it fits so it was kind of comforting <laughs> we had a good meal but yeah it's a batter which i made with some beer flour eggs you cook some of the you, you cook the oil warm the oil beforehand yeah. and then you pour the batter in there with your sausages mm. and it kind of looks like little toads and i think i wonder i can't help but wonder we did read up about the recipe earlier and we as you said the the little toads out peeking out of the holes waiting for their prey that's where the name kind of comes from because it used to be called meat cooked in <laughs> it was like meat cooked in juices in, yeah, but, in or flour batters, or something yeah, yeah, something yeah like it was that. like mm. <laughs> Which doesn't sound very appealing, but I don't know how you go from, okay, let's try to make this more appealing and then go to toad in a hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, as I mentioned with the previous podcast, um, with which I did with Heinrich, that maybe it's for kids to make it a bit more appealing to yeah. kids. Like, it looks like little toads waiting to come out. Yeah, it's, it is quite a good meal. It is comforting. And I really enjoyed making it as well. So the recipe would be up on the blog as well. Mm. Um, I did take a Jamie Oliver recipe and on the request of Steve chucked loads of herbs in there i hope it was enough um, at one point oh, i was, was like oh i hope this doesn't turn out better or something no the more the more the better as far <laughs> the, as i'm concerned the more the better i mean better yeah. um so steve is also a big lover of puns um yes. so that's a other little tidbit so we also sometimes make a few jokes around puns oh, whenever there's an opportunity well, yeah we'll and there, there, there always is isn't there <laughs> I think the real reason I have you here, Steve, is, and you kind of just glanced over that earlier, which I kind of want to go tsk tsk on, because you're also a very talented musician. I know you would immediately go, I'm not talented, <laughs> but um, you are very talented, and you recently brought out an album and all that kind of thing. So before we get into that, tell me, where does your love for music come from? Well, that's a really good question. I, th I think, to be honest, I think it probably in some ways came, comes from my parents, in some ways, kind of what they used to listen to. And I guess kind of growing up on a mix of stuff, probably like a lot of people, you know, kind of 
uh, some classical stuff from my mum, you know, and then some rock and pop stuff from my dad and, and then from both of them. And it's, I don't know, it's something that I've always kind of been interested in. But I think at a particular point, it, it became a bit more something that I really enjoyed doing. And I think that probably goes into when I started learning instruments myself. So I think I was about eight or eight and a half when I had piano lessons and then about 11 or 12 when I started to play the guitar. And I think probably particularly when I was 11 or 12 or kind of getting into that age, it just became like, it just kind of like superseded everything else. So I had, you know, I had a kind of like a, a love of football and other things, but then I think music became something that I kind of went from enjoying listening to, to being really kind of <laughs> interested even on like a very geeky level, you know, like interested in kind of like what the history was and about albums generally and all that kind of stuff, um, like music of the present, but also of the past, you know, so like in terms of like when I was growing up, like, uh, you know, some of the bands like in the 90s I'd be into, but then also kind of understanding about some of the older groups and stuff that, you know, my parents, you know, in the 70s, 60s and 70s. So it's probably that really. And I think I think it was it was probably more like just starting to learn instruments myself, like the piano and the guitar and then. I don't know, just kind of take, taking that forward, really. How do you think the music our parents listen to shape our way of listening to music? I think it, it probably, like, it probably seeps in. I think it probably is an influence. And obviously you kind of develop, I think everybody kind of develops their own, like, taste to a certain extent. And for sure, like all of us, there's things I like, which I know that my parents don't like. But I think on the whole, there's quite a lot of, there's a lot of overlap. And it's interesting because there's definitely quite, quite a few um, influences that, like, just generally for me and also actually for my brother I know that we're both into which is kind of stems quite a lot from things that my parents would probably would play in the car or just play in the house and I don't know perhaps whether there's some kind of like inherent thing there as well like passed down I don't know like mm. if there's certain kind of things that that appeal more to to you for whatever reason you know but yeah I, I think I think to be honest it's probably more like what you hear and the context that you can hear it sometimes so like probably like everybody like you have those kind of car trips, you know, when you're younger, where like certain pieces of music just kind of like stand out and you kind of like develop a love for them. Yeah, we had the conversation at the dinner table earlier as well um, about, well, I said it's like the classic Boney and Christmas CD, yeah. which everyone has in South Africa. Um, well, most people have in South Africa and that's kind of, but you also, I know you and your dad also share a love of music and I, from what we've, our chats before, you would say things like, no, me and my dad had a chat about this and we like this or we, yeah. um, and I, which I find very interesting as well because your dad is also an English teacher, but we'll get to that maybe <laughs> a bit later. That's a, that's another talk. But um, you mentioned things like your dad doesn't necessarily like Radiohead, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> he doesn't like Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, because you have like a little banter about it, don't, yeah, don't you? Yeah. So... That's the thing. Yeah, it's like it's like certain things that, yeah, I'll try and get him into, which, he, you know, but yeah, which he might not necessarily like. But, but there's definitely a, a, often that kind of shared love of certain artists that, that I think with it, within my family we all kind of have. And I think, I don't know, I think it's just one of those things where like certain certain pieces of music just kind of just just kind of appeal more than than others perhaps you know but but I do feel like whenever I do kind of chat to my when I go back to my parents and I chat to them generally and stuff like often if we're having a bit of wine or whatever we're talking at dinner like music will often kind of be like one of the the main kind of points you know arts generally and obviously like what's going on but it'll always kind of be up there you know it's like one of the things that we'll chat about like what we're listening to or what we're kind of what we're all into at that particular point you know but let's get to you then now you're in a band you record an album maybe mm. let's elaborate how did that start uh, maybe elaborate on that yeah yeah no for sure um 
so I get I get you know, yeah I guess in terms of the old the the band kind of precedes uh, in some ways kind of the stuff that I've done myself so so yeah I, I've been playing I've been playing in a band with the same guys since 2004 so that's what 16 years now and so we all kind of we we, we all came we come from Nottingham so we're all from there and we all kind of met in and around different ways so I was at school with one of the band members and then he knew another band member through guitar lessons and then I worked with the drummer in my band you know we kind of like worked together for a period and then just kind of eventually kind of came together and started kind of like playing and jamming and what whatnot and it was it was terrible at the beginning but then over time it kind of developed into something and so kind of with my band who are called Tokyo Green we play a particular I guess kind of style it's like it's it's instrumental music so it's, it's purely instrumental so there's no kind of vocals on that but it's it's kind of rock but with with different elements of like jazz and blues and I mean that sounds massively cliched but but it's true like all the tracks have a slightly different like element they all kind of take certain things but yeah but we've, we've played together for quite a long time we're like rehearsed together we went through a period where we played some shows you know across like well in London and then in, in Nottingham and around East Midlands and then also began to do some recording you know so we did we did an album uh, about 10 years ago actually in kind of in our houses using very like primitive um, kind of like uh, digital recording stuff which it kind of worked you know we did our best and then and then over time we then started trying to do a second, like a follow-up, and actually then started doing kind of professional. So then started kind of using like an actual recording studio, which I have to say was like a really like big thing, you know, and I always felt like, wow, like we're recording something here. It was great. And so we started working on that. And actually that is something that we're still about to finish. It's taken us about six or seven years for this particular second one from start to end to actually finish it. It's been a complete never-ending story. But then in, in kind of the interim in between that, I also started doing some of my own stuff. So kind of outside of the band, trying to do some pieces. And that started off again as like instrumental stuff, kind of piano based and then adding a bit more. And then last year I put together and finished off kind of relatively recently, I think it was early May, something where I actually tried to sing. So I finally kind of got over a slight mental block about singing, you know, trying to sing and started trying to do that more, you know. So so yeah, I think it's just something that like is, has come out of playing with the band and, and, and just trying to come up with my own uh, my own stuff. So with the band and the stuff that I do, it's all kind of original material. I don't know, just trying to develop it really, trying to come up with stuff that I think is kind of interesting and perhaps hasn't hasn't been heard too many times before and has like certain influences coming in. And but yeah, I mean, I love doing it. And I have to say, I, I always find it like a massive, I, I do find it genuinely like a massive privilege to do it. Like I feel very lucky. <laughs> When I ha whenever I have the ability to kind of just go in and, and record with um, someone I, who I record with, it's great. When you sit down and you have to compose something, we have mm. to think of something, where do you, and I think this is a question we want to ask to all creatives in some way, but um, where do you find inspiration from all? I think most of the time for me, for me personally, like it's, I mean, again, because a lot of what I do is kind of like has been instrumental. And only recently I started coming up with trying to come up with like words and like trying to sing. So it always kind of stems mostly from the music. And I think, I think a lot of times it's, it is more just perhaps sitting down either with a guitar or with a piano and, and just trying to come up with something. Or, or sometimes it's actually just kind of not even thinking about it too much. And that's probably where, again, maybe other like, creative people find in, in different fields, you know, that you kind of, you're almost like not consciously always thinking about it. It's just like the hands start to move into certain positions or you come up with a certain like chord progression. So... So for me personally, what I tend to do is like try and put together, I don't know, like three or four minutes of like 
chords progressing you know and going from like one to the next and it creates something and then almost once you've done once I've done that I kind of I find that interesting even in itself you know for most of the people that it would be really boring you know without a melody or anything else but I can almost like once I've done that I can almost kind of hear what it will be you know that there's something that you can put on top of it so yeah so I guess for that it's almost like just kind of finding those chords you know not always intentionally (laughs) yeah let let your gut flow well, i don't yeah, know no, yeah. that, that doesn't sound right <laughs> no but it is there's but an I element mean... of that it's like you know it, it's some sometimes it's more like conscious you're kind of like trying to think oh that might sound nice knowing whatever the hell i know about it like okay well that chord might work after it or whatever being calculated about it but sometimes it's kind of really not it is just you just without even really thinking about it and i hope that doesn't come across as being like oh, i don't have to think about it but you know but in the sense of like it's almost like it's not too planned out it's just like you're just kind of messing about almost and then something will come that I kind of remember and this is also where technology like my phone can be super useful because then as well you can record it and you can think okay well that's cool and then sometimes you kind of piece together like two or three different things so you might have two or three ideas which you've come up with like separately over many months but then it's just kind of thinking oh, okay well they might work together you know and that's where sometimes then it's kind of actually thinking more like you know logically about how it can all can all work yeah and i think sometimes one creative thing leads to to another and i kind of want you to tell the story about your band and the the way you came up with one particular and i hope you know which one i'm talking about one particular song title name um oh. So yeah, if you can just elaborate on that. Because oh, the I feel, song I, in a glass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I find that very interesting. Well, I just find that a very nice story to yeah. tell. So. Well, it was just, I mean, I'm terrible with the things I come up with my, for myself, but with the band, we've always been a bit, because they're instrumental pieces, so there are no words to it. There are no words. Um, that it can be, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, what are we going to call this? You know, and, and we always seem to come up with slightly kind of jokey sometimes silly titles and, th- and this is one so there's a track of ours a piece of ours which is on the the album that we're kind of finishing which hopefully will be done quite soon which is called summer in a glass and it's because that particular track does have quite a summery kind of feel to it you know so we were playing it and again it's to do with the por- chord progression and the melody that my bandmate geordie kind of put on top of it and stuff it just felt really summery and there's that thing where sometimes you know with certain drinks it's like certain cocktails maybe it's like a gin and tonic you can have it and be like oh it's like it's like summer in a glass. Yeah. And then the drummer in my band was just, that's what it kind of reminded them of. We were like, oh, it's really summery. It's almost like summer in a glass. Oh, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> well, I think it's a great name for a song to be called. I would never honest. bother to change it, you know. So your music, you recently did the album. How was it like? Was it a good experience? Um, let's, let's talk about the experience first and then I'll have a few follow-up questions. For you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the experience was, was great. So I, I put it together over... Well, it was like a year and a half, really, but it was mainly kind of last year from February through to about November. And it's always kind of like bit by bit. So I do it kind of on the weekends or sometimes on a day off. With the things that I do myself, I, I, I do tend to do most of it kind of by, by myself, you know, like I'll kind of layer it. So it takes it takes time to kind of get, get to that point where it's kind of doing each section like bit by bit, sometimes over like many months, you know. But I, yeah, I work with a guy called Robin, who I've known for a number of years, who I've done some of the recordings with the band with, who, who is just great. Like, he's really good at what he does. We get on really well. Um, he offers really good advice. And just with him, often it's just, he, often it's just him and I. In fact, most of the time, it's just the two of us. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always really fun. It's always really fun to do it. I mean, it's kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, if it's not quite working. And I, remember, I can think of a couple of times where it was getting a bit frustrating because I wasn't able to play something quite as well as I really I really wanted to but like most of the time it was always um it was always really fun 
and kind of re rewarding as well, you know, because you kind of hear it bit by bit because you start to build it up. So yeah, it's, it's, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, it's fantastic. You mentioned earlier that you had kind of mental block against singing. So how did you get, how did you overcome that? Oh, that is a really good question. I, I, you know, I still think it's there a little bit in terms of, you know, if I had to now sing in a room in front of even like 50 people to 100 people or less, perhaps, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be nervous, you know, I'd be really nervous. But I, th I think it was, I don't know, I think it just stemmed from something years back where I, I just, I tried something that didn't really work. I don't know, I felt like people didn't really respond to it. This is when I was kind of younger, I tried to sing something. I think it was just through probably like just getting a bit older, perhaps recording things like on my phone or whatnot, or kind of, I have a friend, actually a university friend, who's a really good singer. And she's not that confident in her own voice, but sometimes like she would send me things, you know, of her singing, which is just fantastic. And one time I kind of just built up the nerve to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to send her something. So I sent her a recording and just her response back was just like super encouraging. You know, it was like, and it just made me feel more like, oh, okay, I'm not terrible. And then I think just, just trying it. So it was, it was kind of just deciding that I was going to, going to have a, have a go at singing on, on two tracks and then, and then having a go, you know, and like working on it and like building up the nerve. And it was weird. It was weird when I was doing it because Robin, the guy I mentioned earlier, like I'd never sung in front of him. Like he'd never heard me sing. It'd always been purely instrumental music up until that point. It was pretty odd. But then I think it was just kind of doing it. I don't know. It just once I'd done it, I kind of felt more like, okay, I feel like I've slightly got over that mental block. Like it's still there a bit, but I, I feel more, a bit more comfortable now. I guess it is kind of rewarding if you have like this fear of something or this mental block of something and then you actually try it. I mean, you, you reap good rewards of it because yeah. I mean, I've only, I've only been at the back end of this whole process that you've went for, from mm. since we've moved in because I think you said you recorded in February. Uh, is it, yeah, February last year. It's about, well, yeah, February 2019 it started. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So, and then you recent, so once again, the back end of it. Back end, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's so cool to me and some, maybe I don't, don't always show my enthusiasm that well, but I think mm. it's so cool to me that you came home, you told me about your, your music that's been released. Um, I mean, I don't know anyone else who's on Spotify personally, so that's <laughs> great. And I mean, we'll, we'll plug your music later on <laughs> where people can find it. But oh. I mean, I don't know anyone personally who's on that. Um, you came home, you gave me a CD. That was quite cool because, okay, well, I do know people who had CDs, but I mean, it is quite cool to have something in your hand mm, told yeah, and you yeah. also recently and i hope you don't mind me saying this you also recently took another step and went to empire records in in st albans yeah, and yeah. asked them if they can just put your cd on the shelf and they actually said yeah sure we we would do it so now you have an album in an actual shop i know I think that's quite cool it is, yeah it is and, and fair play to them and i have to say it was something that um yeah it was like i guess it was like it was like oh, it's worth the shot you know because I'd, I'd been into that shop a few times and i was like oh, okay well they might do they've got a local sections they have a section of cds for like local artists and uh, yeah just asked and again i think it's kind of that thing where for, for a long time i would have been like way too nervous to have done that but i don't know maybe it's just a bit more i don't know a bit more faith in having done it now and and, and actually wanting in some ways more people if possible to hear it all that kind of all that kind of stuff without any like grand expectations but yeah yeah no i think i think that's it and, and in terms of like spotify and cd i guess that's like that's actually something that's really great now about actually that that people like myself who want to do it kind of as a hobby <laughs> um but actually you know want to want to do it well is that there are these opportunities for actually to put it online and to create cds and you know you can do that like relatively relatively easily yeah i think that brings me to my next question is i mean you've been through the process it's not your day job i mean as you mentioned you work at a charity I wish I would know you enjoy it, and, but I mean, this is more of a hobby to you. Yeah. What advice would you give other people who kind of also have this hobby and 
don't really pursue it as much yeah what, what kind of advice would you would you give them well i think um i think if they can like kind of put a, you know devoting a bit more time to it if they if they really like i guess in terms of like recording you know if they want to actually like re- record something they've come up with well i mean again first and foremost if, if there's like they, they want to write their own tunes it's kind of actually putting the time aside to do it and actually kind of enjoying that process and stuff because it is it is really fun and it's really you know it doesn't always work but when it when it does work when you come up with something of your own which you kind of think oh okay that's not been that's not been done a million times before and I think people might like that you know and and for your own enjoyment I guess that you know that's super rewarding in itself to kind of come up with material and stuff but then um in terms of like recording and 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 trying to like make an album like yeah I think it, it, it can take time and money if you want to do it properly but again it's like it's a great thing to do you know because ultimately you've kind of you made something which people will enjoy for for a long time hopefully you can always look back at it as being like I've made this particular piece like a 35 40 minute album whatever it is and then if people have done it already and then it's it's getting it online again it's just like finding ways to I guess more people to hear it and again this is I I I for sure can do that as well like I'm always trying to find ways to do that but but like there are lots of platforms and that this is where again actually like now it's 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 really good for easy for people to to record in a way in the sense that people now can record like in bedrooms and you don't have to spend a fortune doing it you can record digitally which makes everything kind of easy in terms of like transferring files and then once you've got it done getting it onto places like spotify and other platforms um there are there are like distributors that kind of enable you to do that none of it's particularly always cheap but but if you want to do it and you've got the passion for it so yeah i guess i guess like if anything the advice would be like keep doing it you know and if you've got that if you if you like putting music together and then you want to in some ways kind of put an album together then go for it yeah i think as you mentioned the um social media is out there as well that's a nice way to start even if you you do a youtube channel it's so easy to put something on spotify i know you and i also had another conversation you kind of have your reservations because of the sound quality and all that kind of thing but that's just uh, your geeky way of going about things and i'll leave you to it um but i think also because not that you're doing it for money but I know with Spotify, you don't get that much back and yeah. things like that. So obviously, but it does make it easier to get out there. It does. And I think, I think... It's like the, the kind of risk reward thing. Or like, you know, it's like if you want people to hear and ultimately, like like we're saying, you know, you know I, I've, I've definitely not got no like massive illusions about what it's going to be. But at the same time, by putting it online, yeah, there is a bit of reduction in some ways of some of the sound quality on some of those platforms. You know, not all of them, but some of them. But then you are putting it out there for people around the world potentially to hear it you know and and it's always you never know quite like who who is going to do it and and I think definitely things uh, platforms like YouTube and Facebook sometimes and this again goes back to with my band as well and something that we're actually exploring kind of now and the drummer in my band is very keen to kind of really use those because actually they can be really good to try and I don't know to try and build some kind of an audience they, they can be really useful platforms and I think yeah it just it just puts it out to people in a way that I guess in the past people people would almost have to buy an album because there'd be less ways to hear it in like you know pre-internet and stuff but at the same time like for people who are doing it as a hobby like it'd be so hard to get it out to you know a wider audience and stuff yeah definitely and i mean after this podcast after my hundreds if not thousands of listeners you might be pretty famous (laughs) (laughs) i think the chances are that you you your album might get more coverage than this podcast moving on from that kind of difficult question well not really difficult but what do you then think of today's kind of music like the modern music if i can't call it um, that. 
It's interesting. I think um, for me, for me personally, quite. I mean, I guess I would say that I don't really always listen to a lot of the new stuff. Uh, you know, I I tend to. I don't know. I perhaps tend to just kind of listen to a bit more of like a kind of like an older. Or, or perhaps things that when I was growing up and battle bands that I like, you know, like Radiohead, we mentioned them earlier, you know, who are still going. I, th- I feel quite a lot of what's popular at this point doesn't really do it for me in some ways. I don't always like kind of the, the music itself. I don't know, just kind of like some of the ways that it's been written and the melodies, but, but also some of the, the production of some of the pieces I find a bit, I don't know, I find them just to listen to they're not always that pleasant and I think as well like some music can be geared a bit more towards kind of rhythm dance which is which is fine and like you know I I, I like I like some of that and I like certain bands that that do that but some of it I just don't find interesting enough to really want to listen to it again or again and again you know like I find the music that I really like it has that something about it kind of draws you back in terms of the music itself like the quality of like the, the chords or the melody but also how it's been recorded and I guess as well, like, I think, again, for me personally, it's kind of things to do with, you know, I don't mind some music which sounds a bit kind of programmed or, or mechanical. And I've, I've definitely got a love for some of that, for sure. But quite a lot of the stuff that, I've, that I feel like is popular now that I've, I've heard recently just doesn't feel like there's a lot to it. You know, it just feels like it's been kind of programmed and it's not actually like musicians really kind of like going for it and kind of doing stuff which has, I don't know, some soul to it, you know. But on the flip side, there's, there's there's definitely like modern artists and modern like people who I do like, you know, who I think are doing some really interesting stuff. You know, I still like Daft Punk, you know, some of their their, their last album, which is quite old now, but I still really like that. Um, bon Iver and some, a few other people, you know, so. But yeah, I think, I don't know, like I, I'm a bit on the fence about some of it, I have to say. Let's say I like music, but I want to learn more about music, not necessarily playing the guitar or like playing yeah. the instrument, but I want to like explore music on its own. What older bands, a few older bands, would you suggest from yeah. your own opinion, which is who are really good? Oh wow! I mean, I think there's a few. I mean, I guess the one, and again, it's actually this goes back to what we were saying earlier about like kind of you know like music coming from your parents and like a shared love of certain things. But so there's <laughs> this is this is definitely one that do- doesn't appeal to everybody. So there's a band that my dad basically indoctrinated me and my brother into from a very young age, but I love them genuinely band called Steely Dan who they were well actually they're still now they're still together now but it's a much different kind of thing but they were basically in the 70s they're like kind of classic run um, in the 70s uh, and then they did a bit more and they've done some albums kind of relatively recently and they still tour they're not quite what they were but you know but basically that that period in the 70s and I have to say this is a shared love of my band so every, all the guys in my band we all we all love Steely Dan I would say them particularly just because a couple of things like they're their music first and foremost is like really well written it just is really well written it's interesting it's rock again but it's got like jazz elements it's got elements of blues to it it's kind of it's accessible but it can also be it's it's also quite sophisticated which sounds really a slightly pretentious thing to say but it's true like it's kind of like some of the chords are quite jazzy doesn't always go to places you expect it to and they had really good musicians as well so going into what i was saying a minute ago about like you know you can tell that it's really good musicians playing and really giving it their all and then also like the production of their stuff as well so their records actually if you kind of read into it a little bit are really really well regarded in terms of like the sound quality they just spent a lot of time making sure that their records sounded like really good Um, and they'd spend a lot of money doing so so yeah so they're one that basically my dad is like a super fan and it's something but then 
I, I heard them when I was really young and I liked them, but I then also developed like a real love for them as an adult, which I think kind of shows, again, how, how I do think they're brilliant. I guess, you know, I guess there's a band, well, there's a band called The Band. I don't know if they ring a bell particularly, but they're from, again, from like the late 60s, early 70s. And they, their stuff was a bit more kind of like folk, uh, like Americana kind of stuff. But again, they were really good players, really good musicians, you know. And again, the stuff was just really kind of like interesting and actually kind of really emotional as well. Like the best of their stuff could be like super emotional. And I guess people like Fleetwood Mac, the Beatles, you know, more like, you know, they're ones that like everybody knows. But again, their stuff is brilliant. You know, Pink Floyd, you know, some of the more well-known. But I, I'd say they're probably the ones that, you know, there's others I could go into, but they're the ones that kind of stick out. If you don't know Steely Dan, I would say they're one to check out. Okay, then same question, but modern bands one or two one or two well i mean i hate to name check them again but 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 i'd have to say radiohead are the ones for me that kind of how say like modern really because i mean they've been around since the 90s <laughs> but they are they are still around now you know and their their last album was i think four years ago four or five years ago i just think they're brilliant you know i just think what they do is great like again they are great musicians they're a great band their stuff is really interesting you know the music's really interesting melodically it's really interesting and also just they make their albums, you can tell they really actually put a lot into them, you know, and they make super interesting albums. So they're probably still, yeah, probably still the one that I would just comes to mind. I, I kind of think they're out there. Like there's many other people who are great, but I think Radiohead at their best, and I don't like everything they ever do, but like at their best is like just brilliant. Cool. Okay. Then the final part of this conversation, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and I don't really want to qu- call it a quick fire round, but just <laughs> random questions just to get to know you a bit better and yeah, just to, just to, yeah, show how cool you are. So let's start. <laughs> just not much. It's not very cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, let's start out with your, one of your COVID-19 passion projects was listening to all the Beatles, all the Beatles albums. That right was just between you and I, Jimmy. <laughs> Which is your favourite then? Of the albums? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Jimmy said, I, I basically did this thing where I've done it with a few others as well, but where I basically picked an artist and I kind of listened to their like, like their whole albums, basically their whole catalogue, like all the way through front to end. And I, I did it with the Beatles over the course of about, I don't know, two weeks. I'd say probably of their albums, the one that I liked the most is, is Abbey Road, which is one of the later ones, which I think was one that I kind of, I felt that even before I did it. I think, uh, I just think it's kind of like the, the best produced it sounds, I don't know, it sounds the most mature. Ah, just so many good songs on it, really. Yeah. But, then, but then also, like, Revolver and Rubber Soul, some of the, you know, some of the middle ones, they're, they're brilliant. But I'd say probably Abbey Road, yeah. You're also a big film lover. If you have to suggest three films to someone they have to watch before they die, which ones would it be? <laughs> well, I think, I think probably number one, and, I mean, this could, this could be my favourite film. It's really hard, isn't it, to always pick, like, a favourite particularly, but... I mean, the last time I saw it, I was really impressed, was The Godfather Part 2. And, I mean, both, you know, all three of them are great, but I think the first two particularly, but then the second one was just one that, I mean, it's just so, it's just so well done. Really, really powerful, and the acting's great. I just think it's a brilliant film, so that's probably one. Another one that's springing to mind is this film called Chinatown, from another one from the 70s. I feel like I'm just referencing, like, the 70s here, before I was even born. Again, it's just a brilliant film. It's just a really, really well-made film. Uh, again, I remember when I saw it, about 10 minutes in, I watched it with a friend, and we were both just like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> and, it, and it is. And then I think third, I'm going to have to say, like, Back to the Future. <laughs> well done. I'm awful. I'm, I'm off my kind of slightly weighty, kind of, like, pretentious. I mean, Back to the Future, I mean, I've seen that 
countless times and it's always brilliant yeah that's also um, one of me and my sister's like favourite oh, films me, like, me and my brother quote it like relentlessly yeah it is it is good films then let's quickly talk about books then if you had to suggest a book to someone what would it be well again I think one I guess one that I've, I've only read once you know because some books are your favourite books you might read them more than once that I read um, a couple of years ago and I really enjoyed um, and I've said to a few people actually is one uh, it's an Italian book and it's called well in English it's called The Leopard oh, I forgot the name of the uh, I think it's called Tomasi de Lampedusa I think that's how you pronounce his name the guy that wrote it I think it, I think that's the only book that he made he kind of wrote it and in fact I think he died before it was published and he kind of in his will and to his wife he kind of expressed that he wanted it to be published and obviously it was it's just a really interesting book you know it's about it's about it's set in Sicily in kind of like mainly in the 19th century and it's kind of to do with like the revolution in, in Italy and in Sicily and how and it's kind of the main character is the don of a particular family like a noble family who kind of knows that change is coming and it's like how he and his family are going to like kind of ride through that kind of revolution um, and there's loads of other things to it as well but it's really cool book really good book and when I started it thinking oh this is pretty good but by the end you know the final chapters or whatnot the final few parts is being like wow that's great that's one that perhaps isn't like the most famous, but I would say to people to check out. If someone had to make you very happy, what would they have to do? Like, what makes you very happy? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be someone. It's just what makes you very happy. Ah, oh, God, that's a good question. Um, making me tired in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did it. I um, won. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, really. I think probably... Um, either going for a pint and having a chat or, you know, or just having a coffee and a chat, you know, can be... Like we do sometimes, you know? Like yeah, so you actually like that? Upgrade. I do like that. You know, I'm, not just, I'm not just putting it on. Yeah, I don't know. That just kind of springs to mind as like one of them, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of like chatting to people sometimes, you know, and kind of having, having, having a pint or something you know, together or a bottle of wine. Okay, then total opposite. And kind of, it's kind of your um, Miss World question. If you could change one <laughs> thing in the world, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question as well. <laughs> well, I think, I don't know. I guess it's people... I guess, I mean, I guess people more are trying to be more mindful of stuff generally, as am I, and I'm not, you know, in no way am I trying to come from a point of view, like, people trying to be more open to different, different points of view, you know, which I think people probably are doing more of, like, now, in this day and age and stuff, and with the internet, but, I don't know, just trying to become more aware and become more mindful, and, and, and the planet, <laughs> I have to say the planet. Really, and it's true, you know, and, and I would never ever, like, and Jimmy would know this, I'm not like Mr. Environmentalist or anything, but, like, you know, it's like, we've got to be careful, <laughs> got to be aware of this stuff. Final question, before we get to plugging your music, is, <laughs> if you had to name this episode, The Untold Tales of, finishing the sentence, what would that be? The Untold Tales of, a toad in the hole loving aspiring musician. <laughs> great name, great yes. name. <laughs> I want people to really listen to your music because it is great. I know you're very humble about it, but where where can they find it? Thanks. Yeah. Um, if, if you're interested or people are interested in listening, the, the most recent album that I did, the, the kind of the vocal one that I mentioned earlier, is on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. So it's called Red Moon. <laughs> and you can also, I have a website as well, um, which kind of also has links to other things. And that is stephenwallsmusic.com. He's also on Bandcamp. I don't know if... Bandcamp. Yeah. yeah. So Bandcamp... It's quite cool, especially if you want to discover new artists. Yeah. Um, 
and he's on there and I know he's not going to ask. So I would say if you want to contribute a bit to his project, please do so on Bandcamp. Um, throw him a few quid um, if you can. <laughs> but you don't have to. Yeah, but go, go and have a listen. Um, I think he's really talented and he's done a good job at it. Thank you, Jim. But yeah, thank you for having this conversation with me. Thanks for um, having me. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and good luck in your future endeavours. Cheers. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Untold Tales of Strangers. Be sure to check out the recipe on the website and following me on social media. Also, please support Steve's music by listening to it on most streaming services. All links are in the description of this podcast. Please also share this podcast with friends and family. Until next time, bye-bye.